Thank you, brother. Please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 92. This is a psalm, it says, a psalm or song for the Sabbath day. The title of our message tonight is The Fruit Bears the Root. The Fruit Bears the Root. And what we mean by that is if someone has been born again by the Spirit of God, if they've been planted in that good ground, in that good soil, then we know that in their life they're going to manifest fruit that reveals that they are God's children. And that fruit is not going to be for their glory. It's going to be for the glory of God. We remember, I think it's in the book of James, that it, it says about uh, can the fig tree bring forth grapes? No. A fig tree, if it's a good tree, <laughs> right? Because there's examples in the Bible of fig trees that didn't bear frigs, figs, frigs, <laughs> didn't bear figs, but they did, it didn't bear anything. But the root of a plant is going to manifest itself when it springs up and it flowers out in the fruit that um, is going to come forth uh, because of the type of plant that it is and so we want to see this in a in a spiritual way and the psalmist here likens God's children and the righteous to trees that have been planted by the Lord so let's let's look at this and consider this tonight we're just going to pick up in verse 12 of Psalm 92 the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. When I read that, I thought immediately about Brother Jeff's messages about Palm Sunday and all that that he talked to us about, about the preciousness of how God used the palm tree through the scriptures. And now he's saying that his children, those who know the Lord, isn't that wonderful? It doesn't say that they might flourish, that there's a possibility that you're going to flourish. But he says, if you're one of God's righteous ones, if you've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, the scripture says you shall flourish like the palm tree. This is a simile. This is a comparison, and we'll, we'll look at that in a minute. He shall grow. There it is, flourishing and growing like a cedar in Lebanon. We'll, we'll talk about that. Listen to this. And this is so wonderful for those of us that find ourselves in God's house tonight. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Oh, those of you that are older tonight, listen. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat. That just, uh, that, that just means... Uh, full or plump and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no righteousness in him. So let's begin back up in verse 12 and let's think about ourselves as a tree of the Lord tonight in the vineyard, right? That's what we're saying here in the vineyard of my Lord, the Lord's uh, plantation, make us beautiful, make us verdant, make us green. We, we hope that tonight through ins 
introspection that we could see in our lives that our root, the root of our life, of our soul, has gone deep into Christ, deep into the Word of God, trying to draw up those nutrients into our minds, into our actions, and that they're bringing forth fruit and usefulness and flourishing in our walk with God, in our uh, ministries as husbands and wives and mothers and fathers and church members to one another, that we can see this in our lives. And so the psalmist says first that the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Why do y'all think that the psalmist chooses these two particular trees to compare to the children of God. Well, one of the neat things about both of these trees is that they're evergreens. They're evergreens, and they uh, uh, like the they can grow in all types of places. This rugged mountain terrain uh, that you would find in Lebanon. Uh, those of you that have been out west and seen the sequoias and seen the redwoods uh, growing in this seemingly uh, unbelievable place that you would find huge trees like that. But their roots, the reason they're able to grow so tall, and I love this about the redwoods. Did y'all know that the redwood forest is actually the largest living organism on the planet? Because you can't see it, but underneath their root systems are connected almost all the way through uh, the whole uh, span of those enormous gigantic trees and so the the that's amazing and we think about God's people that sometimes God has called them uh, to and placed them to grow in difficult places you think about Daniel and the three Hebrew children or Esther in in her circumstances and all of us live in a lost and dying world uh a place that would try to hinder and prevent spiritual growth. And yet still, we flourish as children of the Lord. And so, uh, think about that, how awesome that that is, that God designed these cedar trees uh, to where that they could grow in some of the most uh, unusual places, and then that they were used to uh, even build the house of the Lord. They were... Uh, used uh, to build mighty ships, many wonderful things. Their usefulness, the usefulness of these trees is amazing too. Not just where that they can grow. So the Christian, uh, he, he, he can't just say, well, if I had better circumstances, if I had a better family, if I had a better wife, if I had a better church, well then, Brother Nathan, I would be really growing. We can't use that excuse, right? Because the cedar and the palm, the palm trees, they grow in the desert. They, they grow in uh, places where nothing else, no other trees uh, can grow. And they grow up tall and, and straight and they put out these, this shade and, and these dates and they provide these oases for people in, in uh, their desert travels. Isn't that wonderful to think, be thinking about being that kind of person in this lost and dying desert world that God could bless us to be like a cedar tree, to be like a palm tree. I don't want to be a weeping willow. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to uh, be some of these trees that, 
that only are are ripe and verdant for a while, and then uh, when the winter times come, they they uh, die away. No, make us like an evergreen, Lord. We have a a sap that never runs dry, uh, coursing through our souls and and our lives. So, uh, and it, what's wonderful? So we we think about that. They can grow in all places. They can grow at all seasons. They can grow under all circumstances. Isn't it amazing about the children of God that what the devil tries to use to put you down and to cut you back, God uses to prune you and even make you stronger and bring more fruit to His glory. Oh, this is a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful comparison. It's something that should bring great encouragement to our house because we are the planting of the Lord. This is... This the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And so we read that 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 verse thirteen. Those that be planted. What doc, what great doctrine of salvation do you think that we would be able to compare that to? Wouldn't it be regeneration? It's a great picture of our regeneration. These aren't. Uh, trees that planted themselves or gave life to themselves but it's the psalmist says that these trees these trees of the lord they're planted by the lord himself god has chosen his people amen christ died for those people and the holy spirit regenerates he gives this life and maintains this life in the child of god hallelujah Oh, beloved, what a wonderful thing to think about. Our regeneration that we have been planted by the Lord. God has planted us where He wanted us to be. Uh, He wants us to grow where we are planted. He wants us to sink our roots down deep and make a difference. I think about how the church is compared to that mustard seed, right? Which was the smallest of all the seeds but Jesus said when it was planted in that good ground and it, and it grew and it was one of the mightiest and gave shade and blessing to the lives of those around it. And he compared that to the kingdom of God. Oh, beloved, we must be planted in good ground. Amen. We must be planted in good ground. We remember the parable of the sower, don't we? That the sower went forth to sow. And this, this seed fell in different places, and it basically didn't make it. But the seed that fell in the good ground, that was the planting of the Lord. That's where the trees of the Lord came forth and brought forth fruit. You know, it's just true tonight. I hate to disappoint. Modern religion, but you can't get born again, right? That's what we hear. You know, you need to get born again and we know what they meant when they desire to see people saved and that's a right desire and and a right hope for someone but the bible says you don't get born again it says you must what be born again this is a supernatural immediate supernatural work of the holy spirit that's our new birth and god must do that for us he must plant us in his house he must calls us even then to flourish in his courts hallelujah isaiah 65 
I hope that you can look in your life, in your, your heart tonight, and you can say, Lord, by your grace, hallelujah, I do see some growth. I'm, I'm not what I used to be, and I'm not what I, I want to be yet, but, but I see you teaching me. I see you uh, being long-suffering and merciful to me. I see, Lord, you've given me opportunities to serve and, and to be used by you, Lord, and, and so then all the glory must go back to you because I'm your tree. I'm your cedar tree. I'm, I'm your palm tree, Lord. Oh, how wonderful. Isaiah 65, verse 22. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people and mine elect, shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Isn't that a beautiful promise from the Word of God? God said, your days are going to be like the days of a tree. And God said, my people, my elect, shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Isn't that amazing that God is doing all this planting, that God is doing all the fertilizing, that God is doing all the watering, and we're experiencing in our life and it's bringing forth fruit in our life, and that fruit is not only glorifying God, but it's also blessing our own lives. Is that not wonderful? Mom and Dad, I'm I'm sure you're going to enjoy working and sweating and weeding and picking that garden. No, that's not the part that you're really looking for. That's the hard work. But the reward, the, the fruit of it, that... You get to enjoy yourself and see others enjoy it. That's what the end game is, right? Right. So, isn't this wonderful that we see the great doctrine of regeneration here, even in this Psalm of the Sabbath. He said, these trees that I'm talking about, they're special. They're special because it's a, it's a work that God has done, the planting in the house of the Lord. Well, then secondly, we see in here after that we have been planted, we must grow in grace. We must produce fruit. We must flourish in this new life, this abundant life that God has given to us. Because we know that those that have been saved by grace through faith, which is not of ourselves but the gift of God that no man can glory or boast, that as you follow that down in Ephesians 2, that it also says that we will produce good works, which is the fruit of our lives and of salvation, God's salvation in us, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We must grow in grace. 2 Peter 3.18, the Apostle Peter expresses it so beautifully here in his second epistle. 2 Peter chapter 3, and we want to go to verse 18. All right, talking about being fruitful, talking about the, this is what the psalmist said, they're flourishing, uh, they're, they're fruitful uh, in the courts of the Lord, they're, they're growing. These that have been planted are growing, flourishing, bringing forth fruit, flourishing again. Hallelujah. 
2 Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom be glory both now and forever. Amen. We must not rest on our laurels. We must not think, oh, because... You know, I read the Bible through last year. That's good enough to last me the rest of the night. Uh, the night. What is wrong with me? That y'all pray for me. Well, that won't last me the rest of the month or the rest of the week if I prayed yesterday and on and on. Or I went to church last week. No, we need to be dug. We need to be uh, pruned. We need to be fertilized. We need to be watered. So that we might bring forth much fruit for the glory of our God. So challenge yourself tonight. How am I growing in the grace of God, in the unmerited favor of God? Moses said, Lord, you've, you've been gracious to us. But Lord, he, he prayed, we, we need more grace, right? God resisted the proud, the person that thinks that they've arrived or they have their own righteousness, or they don't need to learn anything or be taught anything. But he says, I'm going to give grace. I'm going to give more grace to the humble. These that are warning uh, to, uh, you know, be used by God to, to bring forth fruit to his glory. I think that this takes place best in the Christian home. Uh, this is a great place for fruit growing and for growing in grace in your relationship as with husbands and wives and parents with children and siblings with uh, one another. And uh, it is ever a place where we can learn and, and grow. But here that, that the psalmist says that the place where they're going to grow best did you notice the two places? He said, in the house of the Lord and in the courts of our God. That's where you can really uh, accentuate and the Holy Spirit can really grow you in the grace of God. And this is part of the great work of the ministry of the gospel is to mature the child of God in their walk with God in their understanding of the scriptures, we are to equip the saints and 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 bring we want to bring every man to the full stature uh, in Christ to reach their full potential. And that's part of what we need to be praying for through the messages. Lord, grow me through the messages that my pastors are sending. Let me come to church, Lord, ready to hear your voice ready to be challenged, ready to uh, even be corrected if I need to be corrected in my life. But Lord, help me not to leave the place unmoved or unchanged or unchallenged. Grow me, Lord. Help me to be fruitful. Help me to flourish. May the Lord bless it to be so in our midst. Thirdly and lastly, uh, isn't this beautiful? We, we have seen regeneration. And even in that last part about growing in grace and, and uh, flourishing and being fruitful, uh, that's a lot about even our sanctification. The process of God making us holy is, is all about that, that we're talking about His, His great work as the vineyard 
keeper and the vine dresser that he is. Oh, beloved, but don't you love verse 14? I do. As I approach uh, the uh, back nine, as it were, of my life and, um, and, uh, and feel my, my youth and, and my strength uh, uh, fading uh, from me, that though the outward man perishes, and it does, yet yeah, what? The inward man can be stronger and stronger. In the Lord, it's renewed every day. So I see this as perseverance, that these trees that have been growing in the house of the Lord, God planted them. He's been pruning them. And He's not just done with them when they get old. Hallelujah. But He says that that's at a, at a time where, where they can be most useful to me. That excites me as I approach the, my, six, my, in my 50s and 60s and hopefully 70s if God blesses me to live that long that I can be one of those. I think about the great saints that we have had here, the great saints that we have, have now. Oh, oh, those of you that are older, keep pressing on. Keep uh, serving Jesus Christ with all that you have left. Go to heaven and shout, and they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. We, we see... Thirdly, that we see the great doctrine of perseverance, but we, we also see the reason for it all in verse 15. Do you see the, the glory of God there? And the magnifying and the glorifying of God that all this is producing? What, what's all the purpose of the fruit? What's all the purpose of the planting? What's all the purpose of the flourishing and the growing for us? For us to be magnified, for us to be glorified, for people to look at us and say, oh, oh, what a wonderful Christian person. I hope they do say that. But if that's true, we know not unto us, not unto us, but to show that the Lord is upright, that He's our rock, and there's no unrighteousness in Him. He took a dead thing. And made it alive. He took a filthy thing. And made it clean. Hallelujah. So we must never stop. Growing. And pursuing. Christ. The apostle Paul. Even, even he that. Had even been called up to the third heaven. He that had. Seen God by. His hands. Raise up. Uh, churches and men in the ministry and even by Paul's hands at different times raise the dead. He said, I'm, I'm still pressing after the mark, right, of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I haven't apprehended it, but I'm, but I'm pressing toward it. I'm forgetting those things that are behind and, and I'm pursuing the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to persevere. Paul said, I don't want to preach to others and myself become a castaway, as I'm Paul, he called himself Paul the Aged, but fruitful all the way to the very end. Oh, hallelujah. Jeremiah 17, would you turn with me there for 
some some of our last scriptures. We have a few more because we want to show a um, another illustration with Jesus's words about different different trees. But let's go to Jeremiah and pick up from him a wonderful thought here. Jeremiah seventeen, if you would turn there. And let your eyes and your soul rest upon this. I think this is so good. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. This is how we want to be. This is what we should pray for. This is what we should ask God to bless our children with. I shared at Granddaddy's funeral when we were laying on these little beds under mosquito nets in Malawi one night. I thought that he had already gone to sleep, and he called out to me. He said, Nathan, and I said, yes, sir. He said, there's a lot of things that I hadn't been able to do in my ministry and my life because of the afflictions that I have in my body that have held me back and prevented me. But he said, but I want you to know I'm praying for you that you'll be able to do everything and more that I wasn't able to do in my life in the Lord. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that, isn't that uh, precious for someone to, to have that kind of spirit? Listen to this. Let, this. let this fertilize you tonight. Let this water you tonight. Let this push the sap up the, up the tree and through the stem to the bud and through the fruit. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. And whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. And that spreadeth out her roots by the river. And shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaves shall be green. And shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Well hallelujah. That it can be so for us. In the Lord. It must all be for God's glory. It must all be to His praise in our life. We didn't plant ourselves there. We, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't even grow if it wasn't for uh, this Him working in us, both the will and the to-do of His good pleasure. So just now we really will be closing with a couple of lessons from the gospel. We'll leave Psalm 92 there. To pick up another time. Oh, there's so much uh, sweet stuff in there that that we're going to get out as well. Let's go to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, This one is, I believe, the one that's kind of sad, uh, I believe. Matthew, if you'll go with me to the book of Matthew. I am so sorry. It is Mark. It is Mark chapter 11. Uh, it is in Matthew as well, but I like the, the one in Mark better, and, and that's the one that, that I wrote down. Mark 11. Sorry about that. All right. Are you with me there? So we're thinking about all this, about the planning of the Lord, and now Jesus is on the earth, the Creator God, our Savior, the, the vine dresser, the, the vineyard keeper. And in Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 14, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. 
I like to think about that even in my life, that as the Lord walks among the candlesticks and, and he, he visits us in our lives, that as He comes to us, He's looking to find fruit in His people. He's, he's looking to see that growth. He's looking to find that blessing. And so He was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, He came, if haply He might find anything thereon. And when He came to it, He found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered, and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. There's a couple of things that I just love about this. Is that what it shows us is that when the Lord Jesus, in his relationship with us, when he is coming to inspect us, he's looking for good things. Isn't that good? He's looking for good things in your life. He wants and is anticipatory toward finding good things in your life. Well, here then at the end of this, we go to verse 19. That was in the morning, right? And then verse 19, but listen. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, Behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Oh, man, I don't want to be that kind of tree. I don't want to be the kind of tree that Jesus comes to expecting to find something, and he finds nothing. And so he says, this tree is not fulfilling the purpose for which it was created. And so it is of no usefulness to God. It's of no usefulness to men. Much like when he said, if I come to drink, I want it to be hot. Or I want it to be cold. But I don't want it to be lukewarm. Right? Or the salt that has lost its savor. What good is it for but to be trodden under the foot of men? And that, if that was the only story that I had to leave you with tonight, uh, it would be kind of ending on a depressing note because couldn't we all say that there's probably been times that we would feel like that the Lord has come looking for things and not only did he not find good things he found bad things and so that one that we read about is definitely someone that probably was a make believe uh, an example of a make believer right it just like the seed that fell and kind of sprung up, but then when the hard times come, it, it withered away. But I'm glad, for, I'm so glad for this other story in Luke about the other tree. Do y'all remember this one in Luke 13? And this will be where we close. Oh man, I'm so thankful for this one because this is how I feel like the Lord has, has deals with his children. And, um, but, but I do notice that it still ends with a very um, serious note. Even this one does. So Luke 13, 6-9, He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none, just like the other story that we just read, except that one wasn't a parable. That was actually a real tree. 
that Jesus came to, but he's just telling the story here. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years, this is a long-suffering man, I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none cut it down, why cometh it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it, and dung it, and if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Oh, aren't we all in here so thankful for those times when the Lord has been just that way with us. That probably we did look like we should just be cut down and cast over for firewood. But Jesus said, no, that's one of mine. I know, I know how to help that one fulfill the purpose for which I planted it. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your digging. Thank you for your dunging. Thank you for your long-suffering. Oh, may it not be in vain. May the Lord bless you and keep you as I pray.